Hello, everybody. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Attempt Adventure Podcast, a podcast all about travel, finding adventure every day, and seeking out adventurous ways to make your life more interesting. From Boulder, Colorado, I am your host, James Barrett, joined as always by my co-host, Michael DeRogers in Bangkok, Thailand. In today's episode, we'll be welcoming guest Morgana Ray who is traveling the world with her husband with the goal of having 100 different wedding ceremonies in 100 different countries. A nice romantic story for the most romantic holiday. But first, before we get to that interview, Michael, did you do anything new or adventurous this week? Oh man, I sure did, James. As you know, James, you and I have talked about this. I don't think I've mentioned it on the show. I've been taking part in this program with the Bangkok National Museum called Neighborhood Walks, in which I have to research and plan out a walk through a certain neighborhood. And it's been pretty busy over the past six weeks getting this together, but this past week, it was time to present my walk to the National Museum through Bangkok's Chinatown, as well as Talat Noi, the old foreign quarter. And I've gotten to know this neighborhood really, really well. The walk went off successfully. I think it was really enjoyable for everyone. And the next time you are in town, I would be thrilled, James, to take you around on my little walk that I've planned, my walking tour, and show you some of the back streets of a neighborhood that's not so well known. That's what I did this week. It was great. It was pretty exhausting planning it, but it went really well, and I had a great time doing it. So that's what I've done. How about you? What have you done this week? I'm really excited to take that walk because I love exploring new neighborhoods, which is not something you can really do in the United States. No. This week, I tried out a new trail. Oh, nice. I have started sort of if I'm driving around and I see a pull-off for a little trail, I will just stop and go a little bit down the trail. And if I like it, I'll keep going. It's a good way of experiencing new areas of Boulder and around Boulder. But it's also just a nice way to get outside. And this one... You know, it was a trail. It had great views of the mountains. It was it was pretty flat. But so, yeah, that's what I did this week. Tried out a new hiking trail. I think that's so cool. It seems like you're really uh, embracing where you live. And I think that's important. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold here. Well, before we talk to our guests, I just want to give everyone a brief reminder to please participate in our monthly challenge. This month, the challenge is to wake up early and photograph the sunrise. So maybe make a cup of coffee, sit outdoors, or even just peek out your window. Or if you are adventurous, you know, go somewhere specifically to watch it. It's entirely up to you how you Mm -hmm. want to interpret the challenge. But snap a photo, send it to us, hello at attemptadventure.com, subject line, challenge. And at the end of the challenge, we'll be sending out some little prizes. We've already had some fantastic entries. So I'm super excited to see what everyone else comes up with as well. So get that in. James. You are a married man. I am. I am as well. We both got married in the past year. Which is crazy. I don't know how that happened. It will be our first time to be celebrating Valentine's Day with our respective wives <laughs> since we've been married. <laughs> I like... <laughs> we, we, have to, we have to really... Uh, we are not married to each other. We're not. We're not. Kinda. <laughs> but no. You know, you know, people talk about like work wives... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how much of that's going in the show. Anyway, <laughs> um, what I'm trying to say, James, we both got married during COVID. It was kind of a, a little bit of an odd time to get married, and our wedding ceremonies were extremely different from one another. So maybe very briefly, you could describe what your wedding was like, and then I'll talk about a little bit what mine was like, and then we'll hear from Morgana. Yeah. So my wedding was very, very small. We had me, my wife, our parents, and one sibling each. So six people. And we got married at an amphitheater in the mountains. We married ourselves in Colorado. You do not have to have an officiant. So we married ourselves. It lasted all of like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
And then we went back and we ate pancakes and it was great. <laughs> nice. And that was my wedding. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I also had a COVID wedding. My wife and I got married at a small Thai Buddhist temple in our hometown of Arlington, Texas, James. Uh, that one, I think you know exactly <laughs> which one I'm talking about because there's only one. I do. <laughs> yeah, we just walked in one day and we're like, hey, can we get married here? And the monk was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> great. Uh, we had already <laughs> signed our legal documents in Bangkok, so we were already legally married at that point. So he just had to officiate a ceremony for us. Like you, it took about 25 minutes. Uh, it was my parents, my mom, my dad, my grandmother. And then just out of pure luck, my wife happened to have a friend who was in LA at the time who flew in. So we had one guest from Thailand, which is kind of fun. Yeah, this Thai monk performed our ceremony. It was a very traditional Thai wedding ceremony with water blessings and candle lighting and a lot of chanting. So getting married at a Buddhist temple is free, but you do have to buy lunch for the monks. <laughs> Despite common misconceptions, Buddhist monks, at least Theravada monks, are not vegetarian. They will eat anything that's donated to them, but they cannot go out and buy their own food. They have to eat what's given to them. People always think, oh, you must be missing Thailand, and they always bring them Thai food. You know, all, all the Thai community think, oh, you must miss your home so much that they've never even tried any local food. So we bought them barbecue, and they loved it. We got it from Hurtado's uh, <laughs> in Arlington. Really, really good barbecue. Mm -hmm. That was the price of our wedding. And that, there you go. You know, during COVID, we had to be a bit creative. I think you did as well, just to try to have something mm -hmm. to make it special. And it sounds like in the end, I don't know about you, James, but for me, this was just as special, if not more special than having a huge party. Oh, yeah. I would do this all over again. I would not change anything. I do wish that you could have been at mine. I do wish that I could have been at yours. Yes. But, you know, COVID, it makes, it makes things impossible. I mean, none of my siblings were able to come to my wedding. And that's just how it goes, you know. It's just hard right now. But uh, it was still very special and a really great time, and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Well, James, today we are going to hear from someone who is in the process of having a hundred different weddings. Morgana Ray, our guest, and her husband, Devin, have decided to travel the world with the goal of having 100 traditional weddings in 100 different countries. They're doing this to experience what wedding ceremonies are like in different cultures, what wedding parties are like in different countries. Uh, it's a fascinating expression of, of love and partnership between two people who love traveling. I think it's a ton of fun. I think it's a brilliant idea. But, uh, well, let's go ahead and hear the story because it's perfect for Valentine's Day. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I would love to introduce our guest, Morgana Ray. Welcome back to the Attempt Adventure podcast. Today, we're joined by Morgana, a life and business success coach and adventurer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, with all of our guests, we always like to start out by just asking you to tell us who you are, where you are, what you do, and what adventure means to you. My name is Morgana Ray. I am based in Southern California. I've been a life and business success coach for 27 years, which is like around the birth of the profession. And for a lot of years, I was traveling around the world, speaking, teaching classes in Norway and Bali and everywhere in between. And it sucked to be in these beautiful romantic places alone. <laughs> and I just kept saying to the universe, I want to travel the world with the love of my life. And then in 2012, I was on one of those online dating apps, and this person wrote to me under the moniker Travel Guy. That's a good sign. <laughs> right? Good sign. Wrote a great letter. Horrible photos, because boys don't care about that stuff. It was this ridiculous photo. So he, I think he was in Iceland with one of those, those like furry hoodies, and it made his face look really round and red, and you couldn't tell that he had any hair. But I dug, because his, his letter was so good, I dug in, and there was one photo mm -hmm. 
that made me think he might be cute. And turns out he was and Great. is. <laughs> Good. So about 18 months into our relationship and dating, I had just completed leading my fifth or sixth money goddess retreat in Bali, which is like one of the funnest things to do. I don't like to work in an office, but I'll go to Bali to work. And he was a, a travel journalist and he was on a photo safari in South Africa and he proposed to me over Skype, which, which is so us. And so I cut my trip short. My retreat was already over. I flew home and picked him up from the airport the next day. And we, we eloped. I was already 47. I was just like all of those dreams I had of a fairy princess wedding kind of dry up when you realize, oh, I'm the grown up now. And I'm going to have to do all the arrangements and pay all the bills. And that just doesn't sound fun. <laughs> and he and I were both on the same page in that I just really didn't want the bother. It felt like a lot of pressure to put on a little baby marriage, you know, to pour everything into that one date. So I was like, let's just elope and be married and then, you know, spend all that money traveling the world. So we eloped called our parents, posted it on Facebook, and then went ring shopping the next day. And two weeks later, he, my husband, Devin, had uh, an assignment in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And he called them up and said, hey, look, I just got married. Can I bring my wife? And they said, sure, make it a honeymoon, which, by the way, it was. Puerto Vallarta, we stayed at the Marriott Hotel there with still, to this day, the best view I've ever seen in my life of the whole bay, really mind-blowing. And we've, we've stayed in some amazing places, but that still takes the cake. And it was wonderful. We had like the moonlight cruise and, or the, the, the wine and sunset and the amazing massage at the top of this hill. And then they dropped us off downtown. And we're walking down the street and my husband sees their iconic cathedral, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And the way he describes it is he, as a lark, like, oh, wouldn't it be funny? He says to me, hey, you want to get married again? And I say, absolutely. Meanwhile, we are filthy and sweaty and disgusting, no makeup. We are oily because we just had a massage. And a girl on the tour says, well, you know, I'm ordained in, in, in the United States. And Devin says, great, you're going to marry us. So wow. the three of us walk into a, this this cathedral, we just walk up to the front, to the altar, take off our rings. And our friend Tammy Lee says some things about love and her relationship with her husband. But my husband started to speak. And what he said went to such a deeper place. We'd been married 13 days. So I had 13 days more experience of what it's like to be married than I did the first time when I was just like, making stuff up and guessing. But what he said this time, because we make up new vows every time, just landed in a deep place and I felt loved. And this time we had witnesses. We had all these people in the pews who were suddenly really into it. Yeah. And I was kind of choking up and tearing up. And then I said my vows, which were better than the first time. And he saw how deeply it affected me. And then we kiss and people, strangers are cheering. And we, we came out of it and we were so excited. Like we want to do this everywhere and get married and standing stones and yurts and temples and mosques and everything and just experience love everywhere. And it didn't matter what dress I'm wearing or anything. We'd, I just figured it would all be gorilla style like this. And within a day, Devin had proposed, let's get married 100 times in 100 countries. That's so fun. I didn't even give it a second to say yes. So we have this, this project to get married 100 times in 100 countries. So later that year, we came up with some more places to get married. I was thinking Greek Isles. Problem with that is twofold. My husband, the grand adventurer, who's been to, I think, like 95 countries now, 
is the worst traveler imaginable. Really? (laughs) He gets sick on planes, trains, boats, and automobiles. Right. He should have a contract with Dramamine. Oh, gosh. (laughs) He he goes on no trips without Uh popping a Dramamine first, but he'll go anywhere. Right. But Greece has a lot of islands and a lot of boats, and he really doesn't like boats. The second reason is, while he is my first through 25th husband, he had one. He had a wife before me, and guess where they went on their honeymoon? Greece, right. <laughs> right. We'll still go there. By the way, I've met his first wife. Lovely, beautiful, nice person. Like, he has good taste. So anyway, anyway. So we ended up going to all these countries in the former Yugoslavia, which is fascinating. By the way, before we got married, our first trip together was to Armenia, Azerbaijan, and the Republic of Georgia. All really very much lesser visited countries. They're not necessarily what people think. People think, oh, I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to go to France, you know. Exactly. So much more interesting. Like, really exotic. There's this mountain outside of Baku in Azerbaijan that's been on fire for thousands of years. Alexander the Great wrote about it. That's amazing. We have a photo of us in front of it. It's still burning. I loved Armenia. It's tricky going to Armenia and Azerbaijan on the same trip because they're at war. We have a friend who runs a great tour company called Flow Tours that does that tour of Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan. Really, really recommend it. And, you know, he just, he knows how it works. He knows who to bribe and how to get you from one country to the next. So guys, if you want to impress your travel-friendly girlfriend, you know, take her somewhere that she's never heard of. <laughs> oh, it was mind-blowing. So so that was my first introduction to former Soviet mm-hmm. Union. Yugoslavia, not Soviet, but former communists. So it's just a, it's really interesting. Very different. Hearing what it was like. And, and there's a lot of drama. In the former Yugoslavia, like first time I ever heard of Bosnia, it was um, genocide. You go there now and there are still the scars of the war. It's still like ethnically divided between the Bosnians who are Muslim and the Serbs who are Christian. I think it's Orthodox Christian. And while the country is one country, the, the, the self-identifying Serbians call their community the Republic of Srpska. So it's sort of like two countries in one country that's already called Bosnia-Herzegovina. Right. So Very we got married there yeah. twice. <laughs> and the Bosnian side in Mostar, which is so beautiful. It's like something out of the movie Aladdin. And, and then we went to Sarajevo, which is also beautiful, you know, and we were staying in the old pedestrian town. Can't recommend it enough. And the food is just like insanely, insanely delicious. And we had a tour guide who took us over to the Serbian side. And by the way, if you're going over to the Serbian side, your taxi will switch plates and Oh, wow. wow. It's not a casual division. Yeah. It's I didn't realize really that. cool, though, to be able to talk to people from both sides because you get to connect with the humanity, especially when you're getting married. Everybody loves love. Yeah. And then you just get families in every country. We have our Turkish family. We have our Manzanillo, Mexico family. We have our Bali family. We have, you know, just our our Republic of San Marino family. Uh, that's not former Yugoslavia. That is a 
teeny tiny little country on a Very mountain small. <laughs> so tiny, in, in surrounded by Italy. Amazing that it still exists. It's the oldest republic in the world. The government there is really into historical cosplay. And my grandmother co-founded the original Renaissance Pleasure Fair, the first one ever in the oh, 1960s. Really? Wow. So I grew up in costumes and bodices, talking ridiculous faux Shakespeare, right. dreaming of my Ren Fair wedding. And so it's when, my, when we were in, I think, Montenegro, Devin got an email from the government of the Republic of San Marino offering to give us this day-long wedding in a thousand-year-old tower in costume in medieval That's incredible. vulgar Latin. And he, he was about to delete it. And I was like, are you kidding? And we had to completely reschedule all of Italy. We never made it to Florence. We mm. had to cut room short. You can't pass this opportunity up. That's just too good. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's tricky to get to. You have to go to, like, we stayed in Bologna. Then then you take a train to somewhere else, I think Rimini. And then you can take a bus from Rimini up to the mountaintop. And they gave us this, this day-long thing where I'm up in the tower in my medieval underwear all day. Mm-hmm. While Devin and my pretend father are negotiating my bride price. <laughs> and when they work that out, I think four knights and two ladies in waiting, you know, walk up the hill to my tower. So cool. Uh, with my clothes and my shoes and my jewelry. And then they dress me up while they're singing traditional songs. And then they take me down and we get married. And then they dance and we all eat pizza. <laughs> And then as a surprise at the end, they knighted my husband. Wow. That's amazing. Right? For for like a girl who ate up every Disney movie, yeah, I have yeah. my knight in shining. Right. That's so cool. Not armor, <laughs> right. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've been married 25 times so far in 20 countries, and some of them are these ridiculously ornate weddings, like in San Marino or in Manzanillo, Mexico, where a friend gave us this because she wanted us to speak at her event. And she said, we'll marry you. And I was like, oh, great. She can, you know, read this little card in a corner in between speaking events and nobody will know and we'll be married and we can go check. And we get down there and we meet this anthropologist who specializes in Mayan Mexican history, who has created this over-the-top, ornate, authentic wedding for us with 40 dancers and a piñata and ritual and herbs. And thank God I didn't know. I would have been so nervous. I just packed some yoga pants and a tunic, and that was what I got married in. The thing is, when you keep getting married, and some of them are ornate, and some of them are, hey, you, hiding behind the desk, mm-hmm. can, you come, can you come out and marry us? And people are just so kind and loving and friendly and, and participatory, except for one wedding. Mm-hmm. My husband has a childhood friend in Serbia. They were like best buddies when they were teenagers, you know, smoking clove cigarettes and writing bad poetry and all that kind of stuff. And his friend lived in Serbia. And his friend had partnered up with like Eastern Europe's biggest pop star who I will not name because when we got married there and this was really important because there were some misunderstandings and different expectations. And so we had a double wedding and I was like, "Ah, I'm getting married a hundred times. I can share one. Sure. And it was a disaster for us anyway. Really? 
because they had us get married first. And when my husband started saying his vows, which by the way, were so good this time. I mean, they're always good, but every now and then it's like, wow. Right, right. He was talking about how a man has two faces, the one that he shares with the public and the one that he only shares with the woman he loves. And I'm digging it. And then the wedding party starts to boo. His friends' friends start to boo when he and heckle when he's saying his wedding vows. Oh man. Like what do you even do in that situation? Well, it was so bizarre, but I had a real moment of clarity that I would hope any person listening who ever plans to get married will, which is that I looked at my husband and I knew I was going home with him right. and not the nutcases. Yeah, it's, it's about you two. It's not about anyone else. The, it's such a racket. You know, it is fun to get married. Look, I'm certainly doing it enough. <laughs> right. But when it comes down to what is the what is a wedding? It is a choice by two people. Yeah. And all that really matters is us and our vows. I'm not going home with them. I'm going home with this person I love. And it got really really clear to me in that moment that the prize is the marriage. And people put way, way, way too much pressure on a party, on a one-day party. That's not the prize. I think that it's a wonderful thing to do and to share with people you love. And just to kind of, for yourselves, make a mark, in, like this energetic mark saying, this relationship has shifted into a next level of commitment. I, I had no idea that anything would change when we got married, and it really did. It got much, much sweeter than I expected. Um, I was nervous when my husband proposed. I was, I'd already decided I would say yes when he proposed, but then I immediately freaked out. Right. Because it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, this is going to ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. Right. Here we are six years later. His idea to keep getting married is um, like anybody listening, steal it. It doesn't have to be once a year, obviously. We got married 11 times our first year. And then the next year we got married in Turkey, the courtyard of a 100-year-old house. And somebody had borrowed, in air quotes, some costumes from a local museum for us to wear. And I rode in on a horse, and my horse had a horse, and the Minister of Culture married us, yeah. and we made the evening news. How, uh, does that, how does that work? How does a horse have another horse? <laughs> I'm really curious I guess it, about that. It was, it, he just, <laughs> I was on a horse, and then, and then the smaller horse was following my horse. Okay, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm wearing one of those pointy hats with the, the like, scarf thing. Oh, right, like the very, uh, right. like, yeah, yeah. Like very, very Disney princess. Yeah. Um, and still, you know, it's like, it's fun. Oh my God, Turkey is crazy, amazing. Cappadocia in the middle looks like, uh, like a set from Star Wars. You look at it, yeah. it's like, that's not real. Right. That, that just can't be real. That's just too wildly beautiful to be possibly real. Um. And, and then we went to Istanbul. So, you know, travel, meeting people, seeing the world through their point of view. And again, everybody loves love. Yeah. So you've got this instant common language. It's also kind of a hassle and, in, and inconvenient to shut down life, book tickets, hire somebody to look after the cats, go somewhere and say you are the most important person in the world to me and that our relationship is sacred and that's why you do it mm -hmm. you you just you keep stopping life to choose each other and it keeps that energy of honeymoon just going on forever
I mean, I think that's such a brilliant idea. I had never thought about doing that before. You know, I'm sure that there's a lot of people in in this situation, especially right now with COVID, like this is a way to keep that party going. And like you say, just re reaffirm the importance of that relationship. I think that's brilliant. Thank you. I Yeah, we attended a cousin's Zoom wedding last year, and at some point we'll celebrate in person. What I like about getting married the longer we've been married is the vow means more. Like nothing means more than getting married again after you just had a big fight. Right. Okay. I like that. That's a good way to it's make also, up. <laughs> and this was, this was most star. It's like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And I'm stuck. <laughs> There's nowhere for me to go and we're getting married tomorrow. So we're going to have to work it out. Um, it, you know, the longer we're married and we continue to choose each other, the better we know what we're saying yes to. Mm-hmm. And the more I know what he needs and what I want to give him. The very first time we got married, my husband, Devin, this was over Skype, said, come up with a list of things you want. Let's come up with lists of things we want for the other. I misheard that. You know, we were on other sides of the country, Skype connection, whatever. But I thought it was a list of what we wanted from each other. So I came with my laundry list of I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Uh And then he and then he totally humiliated me with uh, his list of all the wonderful, (laughs) loving, kind, generous things he wanted for me. So I needed a redo anyway. Okay, right. That's part of the fun, right? That's part of the fun is learning to communicate and having these little, I don't know, these little hiccups together. That's amazing. Well, what are your next adventures? So I I know that you've mentioned to me that you're heading to South America next. What are your next weddings? Well, we were. I canceled them today. Oh, no. I canceled. Yeah, yeah, you know. Travel's hard right now. Yeah. uh, Look, traveling is always an adventure. And I, and that's part of, that's part of why we do it. Mm-hmm. Like even best laid plans. I, I led a retreat in September in Mexico, in my favorite city in Mexico, San Miguel de Allende, at a hotel that I had stayed at before that we checked a couple months before the retreat. And anything that could have gone wrong, it was, it was like a horror movie. You know, it's just in the, you, you needed to uh, put the, the umbrella over your head to sit on the toilet because it was just like raining right on you. Oh, my it was gosh. Raining yeah. on beds. It was rain. It was. And this was every room and everything that could go wrong went wrong. And that's when things are planned really, really, really well. Yeah. So going to South America when borders can be mm-hmm. closed the day before we're supposed to arrive in a country or we may not be able to get out or, right, right. you know, pandemic is, I would rather have a different kind of adventure than that. Mm-hmm. So I'm disappointed because, oh my God, I wanted to dance tango in Buenos Aires and <laughs> bet, yeah. Santiago looks amazing. And I've been crushing on Montevideo, Uruguay for years. So We'll do it. And I have a friend who lives in Prague. And I've wanted to go to Prague for a really long time. So maybe we'll do that this year. I mean, the hardest thing is choosing where to go. How do you choose where to go? Because there's just so many places in this world. I mean, not not just countries, but even like you said, like different regions within countries that you could you could choose. I mean, how do you actually decide where you want to go next? Yeah. Every state in the, you know, when we're done with countries, yeah, we'll probably yeah. do states because every state in the United States is like its own country. Yeah. It depends. As a coach and, and, and an author, I get asked to speak in a lot of places. So, you know, sometimes we got married in Canada because they wanted me to speak there. There was the one in Mexico. So we got married in Texas. 
the country of Texas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's one way. That's a way that we don't have to make the decision. Mm -hmm. if, I, if either of us have a reason to be somewhere, it is hard to choose. I bet. And I was so proud of myself for choosing South America. <laughs> um, Devin and I will just have to talk about it. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. South America will still be there. <laughs> well, that's, and that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. So around the world, are there any events that really just surprised you the most? Oh, well, all of it's been a shock. When we came up with our plan for Yugoslavia, our, you know, our, First wedding was Los Angeles. Second wedding was Puerto Vallarta. Third wedding was Croatia. You know, so we had Croatia, Montenegro, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Serbia, Slovenia, Republic of San Marino, Italy, and Vatican City. I thought we were just going to sneak into churches like we did in Puerto Vallarta. Mm -hmm. So um, I actually went so far as to go to Ross Dress for Less and buy a $20 white lace oh, dress uh -huh. to get married in, which, by the way, folds up really, really well. And I got compliments on it in Italy. And if they'd like it in Italy, which is like... Like the fashion center of the world, yeah. Heaven, yeah. <laughs> right. I, it was like, <laughs> it was like oh, <laughs> my work here is done. Right. Um, so I expected nothing. And then it turns out that... The tourism board of Croatia gave us a tour guide and one of the location scout and a photographer from Game of Thrones. And so we're getting married in Dubrovnik in Westeros, you know? That's so cool. I didn't expect that. Croatia is beautiful. Montenegro, gorgeous. They all look like fairy tales. Bay of Couture, that's the... That's where we stayed in Montenegro and all these medieval walled cities. I'm mm -hmm. like a medieval walled city girl. Oh, I didn't tell you about Slovenia. That was another one. So I had never heard of Slovenia. I, I'd heard of Slovakia. I had never mm -hmm. heard of Slovenia. This was before Melania Trump right. and all that. Right, right. And and it's at Lake Bled. And I'm like, ew, Lake Bled That's doesn't kind of sound gross, pretty. Yeah. Do we really have to go? Right. And <laughs> that was my favorite wedding. First, we stayed in uh, Ljubljana, the capital, which it it has, it's on the border. So this part of Slovenia borders on Austria and Italy. So the architecture is, you know, way more Mozart than... Mm. say Turkey, where Mostar is, you know, has a lot of Turkish architectural influence. Right. Um, Bosnia has a lot of, in other parts of Yugoslavia, it was part of the Ottoman Empire. But it, once we're in Slovenia, it's very Austrian kind of mm. architecture and food, and it's beautiful and and groovy, you know, right. you have all this Ljubljana with hearts <laughs> for the lube part. And, um, and I never wanted to leave, but we had to leave poor me to go to Lake Bled and get married. Lake Bled is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. And I never wanted to leave. Mm. And the lake with the church island in the center is on the cover of so many books about Europe because it's so fairy tale, so iconic. There's something about the location where I just like, I didn't want to get on social media. Yeah, I lost like, I didn't, I didn't want to buy anything. I just wanted to like, be there and walk mm. around the lake and just like, commune with existence and it was so beautiful and it has a thousand year old castle that looks just like sleeping beauty's castle really how cool and to get married there they have laws in slovenia the ceremony has to be done in slovenian and they have a specific script first we had the mayor of bled wearing this like floppy hat and and the robes 
you know, looking very medieval. And then we get an interpreter and we get an actual registrar. And what the vows, the official vows were all about respecting each other, mm-hmm. letting your partner choose what he or she wants to do with their body, what he or she wants to do professionally, taking care of each other, all stuff that I think is really cool. And then Devin said his vows. He was just like, he had the muse. And it was everything I needed to hear to feel loved. And the sky is out. The water is sparkling. And at the end of it, they turn on like a cassette player of John Lennon singing Imagine. And like a dozen Korean tourists are taking photos. I'm sure they've never seen anything like that before. And they go down to the printer press and they give us a document, you know, for our wedding. And then this is, this is what they do in Slovenia. When a couple gets married, they are rowed out to the center of the lake where the little island and the church is. And then the guy or the stronger person <laughs> lifts up the bride or the smaller person right. So and carry, carries the partner up the hundred steps of fortitude. And Devin got up 30 steps, which shock without a heart attack right steps. all of us yeah nobody does that nobody or nobody our age anyway um <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to like throw me over his shoulder like a potato and i was like no you don't and they were like no if you fall she dies that way you can't do it and then when you get to the top of the hundred steps of fortitude you ring the church bell of wishes you make mm-hmm. a wish and you ring the bell and then you drink Slovenian champagne and a very specific, delicious cake, which is sort of crispy on the outside, gooey on the inside, that they only serve for New Year's and weddings. And if you get married, renting out that castle and that banquet hall and doing the whole shebang is only going to cost you like a couple thousand dollars. Wow. And weddings can be so expensive. 25 really elaborate or some of them very elaborate weddings. And we've still spent less than we would have spent on one regular wedding in Los Angeles. Sure. It's an adventure, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just a little creativity, doing something out of the ordinary can just be so much more interesting. And I mean, I'm sure that a a typical American wedding would be really nice. But in the end, which one will people remember more? Which one will you remember more? You know, the, the 25 adventures, probably. When I was a younger woman, when I was like in my 20s, I would have wanted the traditional wedding because I don't think I had, I don't know. I think that, you know, that that was all that was in my imagination mm-hmm. at the time. Right. As we get older, our values shift. Sure. And Slovenia was that Disney princess wedding that I didn't know I still wanted. And I got it, despite myself. That's awesome. <laughs> right. And if you hadn't gone on these adventures, you maybe would never have gotten to do that. Or you certainly wouldn't have gotten to do that. That's so cool. I'm so glad I showed up for my first date with Devin. (laughs) Right. Parka or no, right? (laughs) Speaking of traveling with a partner, you know, that's one thing I'd like to talk about as well. It's something that can be kind of difficult sometimes, especially when people have different travel styles. I mean, obviously you've traveled a lot with him. What is some practical advice or tips that you have for somebody traveling with a boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse? Because it's not always easy. Oh, my goodness. Keep, and this is just relationship advice in general, keep focusing on what you love about the person. One of my favorite vows is, I promise to be kind even when I want to kill you. Again, I married a world traveler who is one of the worst travelers I've (laughs) ever traveled. And he said the same about me, but for different reasons. So like, he gets sick. He gets motion sickness or he gets a cold or something like that. 
I need really, really cold temperatures to sleep. If I put on the air conditioner, he gets sick. Uh, our last trip was we got married uh, in Belgium, France, Spain, and Portugal in to, at the end of 2019. Thank goodness. We got in a bunch of weddings right, you know, <laughs> not knowing it was our last chance. And it was both amazing and horrible. We had never had such difficulty together before, ever before. He had a lot of foot pain from other stuff. So walking was difficult and I wasn't sleeping or he wasn't sleeping. So what I figured out, this is the holy grail for us. Now I book two bedroom Airbnbs mm. that have air conditioning. Right. So that I can sleep in my ice box and he can sleep in his sauna. You have to care about the other person. You have to make accommodations. Mm -hmm. um, if one person is freaking out or stressing out, you be the solid, stable one, and then you take turns. And that's just relationship in general. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought that the best way to get to know somebody is by traveling with them. You get to understand, you know, how do they handle pressure? How do they handle unpredictable changing situations? And how do you work together? And I think that traveling as a couple, yeah, it's hard at times, but you can learn so much about them and about how you click together as a couple when you're in these really unpredictable, stressful situations. Totally. I think Mark Twain has a quote to that effect, which is, he says something, before you marry somebody, spend a year traveling together. What are some of the best pieces of advice that you could give to someone who wants to, to do this, who wants to try to get married in different countries? Or what are some of the resources that have helped you? Get a credit card that gives you miles. I can't remember. There's this thing I subscribe to about cheap flights, and I can't remember the name, which... Oh, is it Scott's Cheap Flights? Scott's Cheap Flights. Yeah, I like him. Go to Google Flights. If you want to find the cheapest fare, go to Google Flights and mm. compare. For Airbnb or hotels, always, always, always pick the option that has the best cancellation policies. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because you just don't know what's going to come up. You And you may change your mind and want to stay in one place. Mm -hmm. um, I love Trivago. I love Agoda. I, you can take a look at the rooms. You can really read the reviews, check all the, all the facilities. We have had some of the most amazing stays that I just picked out on those sites. And everybody knows about Airbnb. That too, you know, pick the option that gives you the longest to cancel because you just don't know. Buy tickets with miles whenever possible. That's what credit cards are for. Yeah. The most important thing is, especially if you're getting married, I, I have my love formula, L-O-V-E. So let's see if I can remember what it is. Location. The great thing about having a destination wedding is, first of all, it's going to be less expensive than at home because it's going to be smaller. Yeah. The more you can book things without the W word, the better prices you will get. Mm. The minute flowers or food or reception or anything is a wedding, they, you know, make it more expensive. It's not necessary, but it's, it, it'll be smaller and your honeymoon is built in. O is for openness. By definition, unexpected things are going to happen. Somebody might boo when your husband is saying his really beautiful vows. <laughs> Be open, you know, that you keep remembering that it's really about the marriage. Um, be open to adventure. Be open to opportunities and surprises. Be very, very flexible. No matter what, you're going to have a story to share. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that V, to me, this is what the wedding, this is what a wedding is. It's the vows. Want to make somebody feel loved? Just share what you want for them. And finally, the E is experience. It's all an experience. My, um, my grandmother died three years ago. Her last words to us, and I, I was really blessed. I got to be there, you know, for her final breaths, was life is about having experiences, have lots and lots of experiences. 
That's so important. That's that's awesome. Well, have you had a Thai wedding yet? No, and I want one. <laughs> okay. My husband took me nowhere. He's never taken me to Thailand. Oh gosh. Well, if you guys get the chance to come to Thailand, you got to send me an email, and my wife and I we can we can hook you up with a with a Thai wedding. <laughs> All right. Yes. It cost the the price of it was that we had to buy lunch for the monks. That was it. So that's outrageous. <laughs> How dare they? Oh my god, that sounds wonderful. I promise you we will. I actually have a client in Thailand. Okay, so good. Well, I'm, I'm serious. Let, let me know I've and we'll see, what we can, we'll see what we can organize for sure because that would be Fantastic. a lot of fun. be a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, where can people find you? How can they connect with you on social media? Easy, easy peasy. Well, first, go to my website, mm-hmm. MorganaRay.com. So just look at my name and add a .com to the end. If you... Go to my blog. You can see a lot of stuff about, well, my my usual professional stuff, which is relationship with money. But there's yeah. also stuff about love and relationship. You can see a really great approximately three-minute video of our first 11 weddings at inthenobride.com. So I would I would say go to MorganaRay.com and go to InTheNoBride.com. And this handsome, handsome man who just kissed me on my <laughs> head is my co-conspirator, Devin. Hey, glad you've joined us. We've, uh, we were just talking about your adventures. Oh, well, I, I hope uh, you find them entertaining or interesting Absolutely. or really weird or something. Entertaining and inspiring and just a lot of fun. Uh, well, since you're here, I know, sorry to put you on the spot. What is your advice for couples that want to have adventures together or couples that want to travel together? Oh, well, I mean, I think I think travel is a certain kind of a mindset. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, the way I, t- I tend to look at it until we've landed, um, you know, actually, let me back up. Really, the main thing is is to be willing, and I think this is kind of true of not only of travel, but of a good relationship, is that, you know, you just have to roll with it. You know what I mean? Part of part of the adventure is taking the adventure. So yeah. in terms of rolling with it, with a couple, you need one of the two who really will roll with anything. Right. I think that's the most important takeaway from all of this is just be flexible and just roll with the experience. That's Roll with the experience and have fun with it. I mean, here's the thing: we came, we've come back with a million really good stories, and i've I've had I've had the pleasure of having loads of wonderful experiences around the world. Mostly, don't get me wrong; it's not like it was just sunshine and rainbows. I mean, I've been caught in every blizzard and you mm-hmm. know downpour in the world, and it's fine. It wasn't always great. I mean, I've slept in you know a barn from time to time and the subways and, and train stations and airports. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you know, then you get some stories and you get some experience and, and you learn a lot of the things, at least for me anyway, a lot of the things that I, th- that I thought were worth worrying about turns out it wasn't worth my time. That's important. Important to keep in mind. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I should probably back out and let you well- guys... I'm glad that you I'm glad that you popped up here at the end because it is a story about you as well. It's a story about both of you. And so it's good that you made an appearance. That's awesome. Pleasure. <laughs> awesome. Well, Morgana, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a blast. I think that's such a fun story and such an inspiring story. I hope I hope your audience likes it and oh, I'm sure they will. And I'm glad you're happy. Absolutely. All right, James, and we are back. Wasn't that fun? It was. <laughs> it's it's a good. It's just a great. It's a great story. I agree. And is a great story, and will be a great story. Yeah, because they're still they're not done. They're still they're no. still planning future weddings, which I think is brilliant. And like you said, perfect for Valentine's Day, yes. the commercial love holiday. And what a great way of yeah, of just you know, if if you have a partner who is a world traveler. And, you know, is willing to kind of forego the, the uh, $10,000 wedding. I mean, what a great way of expressing your love together and, and expressing your life together. I think it's fantastic. And uh, I wish them all the best. And I wish them many, many, many happy weddings in the future. Yes. 
So congratulations. Yes, big congratulations. I did tell Morgana that when they come to Thailand, I will help them set up a traditional Thai ceremony. Can't can't say how like this this just made me happy. I know. I know. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I'm a sucker for romance. Yeah. And and I think that is perfect considering that, you know, we just had non-traditional weddings ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes doing something out of the ordinary is can be can be even more meaningful. At least it was, you know, was for me. Yeah, and as it was for me. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and introduce our members yeah. in the news? Yeah, so this week it is my turn for Adventures in the News. And this one, this one's just kind of funny. Let's hear it. What you got? <laughs> so the title of it is An Air Asia Flight Was Diverted oh, no. After Passengers Spotted a Snake on Their Plane. So and cue all the snakes on a plane jokes. <laughs> I fly Air Asia all the time. <laughs> so there was a um a snake in the overhead light fixture, just sort of slithering away. Oh no. The funniest part about this is not that there's a snake. That's not completely uncommon. Apparently snakes like get in planes sometimes. Don't like that. <laughs> the flight was diverted. Uh-huh. It landed, but the, but then eventually the airline's chief security officer was just like, yeah, there was a snake. They landed and it was disinfected. And I was like, why would you disinfect it for a snake? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like uh, I'm not... I mean, bear in mind, AirAsia is a budget airline. It's a very good budget airline, but it is a budget airline. <laughs> I just like how they were just sort of like, yeah, it's a snake. They were flying from KL to Sabah, it looks like, from Malaysia. I don't know if it's venomous or not. I don't know if they know what kind it is. <laughs> I don't think they didn't say anything. No. How do you feel about snakes? I like I I like them. You have a snake. You still have him? Is he still? He is kick. He's still alive and kicking, so to speak. I don't have him. He lives in Texas with my parents. But no, he's uh he's doing good. Great. Apparently, yeah. they live for like forever. So okay. I might inherit <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, I liked your snake. Your snake was cool. Yeah, he was cool. Another thing that was noted in this with the snake in Malaysia on the plane was that the airline then said, this is a very rare incident, which can occur on any aircraft from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, not that rare. Here, this is the thing. We live in the tropics, and... They got snakes. We have, you know, monitor lizards in the backyard. We have, you know, the news of, like, toilet snakes, pythons popping out, scaring people. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when we... um. We're taking that walk and that green viper almost got us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In Kenshin Aubrey. That scared me. Those yeah. things are venomous. Yeah. It almost got us. The monitor lizards I like. The, yeah. I think they're cool. They're a little creepy, but. Uh, they swim funny. They do. They're kind of fat too. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> they're kind of fat and I don't know. They're just, they're just funny looking. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd rather have a snake, I guess, than a monitor lizard on a plane. Snakes are a bit more manageable, I think. <laughs> yeah, and monitor lizards, if they if they want to move, they'll they're running. They're fast. They can be. Anyway, so that that was adventures in the news. Not really an adventure, not really news. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> it's about travel as well. So next time you're traveling, watch out in those overhead watch out for overhead them lights. <laughs> yeah, watch out for them plane snakes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed the show today, please do not forget to subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, please go and give us a review on the podcast app of your choice. Five stars review would be very nice if you're feeling up to it. It really helps us out. Before we wrap today's episode up, I just want to give everyone a reminder of the monthly challenge. Wake up early and take a picture of the sunset. Sunrise. Almost <laughs> messed up there. You gotta be really early to catch the sunset. Hey, you know, if you work nights, sure, do it. <laughs> this monthly challenge will be due at the end of March. Giving you a little extra time just because you can find more attempt adventure content on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, where we are all attempt adventure. Please also visit our official website, attemptadventure.com. There you'll find blog posts, show notes, pictures, and videos of the stuff that we talked about in each episode and just little fun tidbits. Learn a little bit more about us. If you want to send us any listener mail, be a guest on the show, pitch a topic for an episode, Write us at hello at attemptadventure.com. 
or get in touch via the contact us button on the website. We won't even be upset if all you want to do is say hi. We love all of our listeners and read every message that we get. We do. You got anything else for us this week, Michael? I think that's it. Thank you guys for being patient with us as we get ready for season two. We've got a great year of content coming out. So please stay tuned for that and we'll see you next week. Yes, we will. And until next time, keep adventuring.